Okay, what's going down people? It's day two of the BFI 63rd London Film Festival and got a um got a couple of films today from the festival. So we're talking Peanut Butter Falcon and The King. But before we get to either of those two, we're going to um hit Ad Astra. Um, it's not a festival film, but I do have that review for you. And um, yeah, probably should put it out sooner rather than later before the film leaves cinemas. So we're going to do that. Then we're going to jump into the two festival films. So um, yeah, let's get going. Okay, so... Just seen Ad Astra. This is a film directed by James Gray. It's produced by Brad Pitt, Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kilina, James Gray, Anthony Katagas, Rodrigo Texera, and Arnon Mitchin. It was written by Gray and Ethan Gross. And the film is starring Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Negger, Liv Tyler and Donald Sutherland. Um, now, the, the 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 gist of the film is this: in the near future, the solar system is struck by mysterious power surges, threatening all human life. After nearly dying from an incident caused by a surge, Major Roy McBride, son of famed astronaut H. Clifford McBride is informed by U.S. Space Command, Spacecom, that the surges have been traced to the Lima Project, created to search the limits of the solar system for intelligent life under Clifford's leadership, from which nothing has been heard from for 16 years after reaching Neptune. Informed that Clifford may still be alive, Roy accepts a mission to travel to Mars to try and establish communication with him, joined by his father's old associate, Colonel Pruitt. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a, I don't know, it's an interesting film, um, because... I, so, Gray, Gray had said about it um, that he wanted to feature the most realistic depiction of space travel that's been put in a movie. And I'm a bit like, he didn't really, yeah, he didn't do anything that different in this film like the one thing that he did was you had Pitt ask for a a towel a a blanket and a pillow a blanket and a pillow then you had him getting offered a hot towel at the end which is a bit like okay so we've got you've got to a point where there's space travel and all of this. I think we probably moved past the hot towel and all of that kind of malarkey. 
you know, because we've already heard about, like, different things that people can do and blah, blah, blah. So you're just like, I don't know why you put that in there. That's just, it was just, it just felt a bit lazy, you know. Um, Then, like, I, th- I think one of the biggest things about them, like, well, there's a few. Okay, so, Pitt is... He's very stoic in this film. You know, he's just like, I mean, his big USB is that his heart rate never gets elevated. And, you know, he's always very measured and calm and relaxed and blah, blah, blah. So, but obviously, when you are told this thing numerous times, I think it's always clear that, oh, Okay, so at some point, he's going to lose it. Because they're making such a big deal out of it. So, yeah, it's like straight away, you're like, okay, so something's going to happen. Which they kind of give away. But I think also, you, you just don't care about Pitt's character. You, like, you don't really care about him. And there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the film that you just don't really care about. It's all very, it all kind of feels very just surface level. Now, it looks beautiful. The film looks stunning. So, the cinematographer was Hoyt Van Hoytima. Huh. Hoi Tima and you call Hoi is a fur it's a strange one. It's an interesting name though. Hey, I'm not knocking it. Hoit van Hoitima. Fantastic job with cinematography. This looked so stunning. Such a stunning film. Yo. Um but you do get the kind of feeling that it's a lot of style over substance. Like, the plot of the film is just a bit... It's a bit odd. Because you have people doing things that are just like... Wait, why are you trusting a stranger? Like, why are you telling a stranger this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like... Why are you sending that message when you know that your messages are being, like, scanned, monitored? It, it was, yeah, these, these, these odd things are happening. Like, so it, it mentions that, you know, like, he starts his, his mission to Mars with Colonel Pruitt. But then something happens to Colonel Pruitt and you're just like, wait, everyone else is doing all of these tests. Surely Pruitt did all these tests as well. So how did it get to that? Just like stuff that just is not clear. And it doesn't seem to be full out. So it's just this surface level thing to show this odd story that at points you're like is this a a a psychological like 
breakdown? Is this a is is this a a, a weird vision or is this happening? Like, w- like what is this? There 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 is some bleed on that that you do ponder going throughout the film, and so like the the film is it's like how long is this film it, man so it's uh, 123 minutes right so yeah it's just over 2 hours but it really feels long you you are just you find yourself like looking at your watch, you're fidgeting. It just seems to drag. The film really seems to drag. And it's just like, ah. Uh, like, there's just so many things that happen that just need more of an explanation. Like the journey across the moon, which made no sense, especially when before they start the journey, you get this breakdown of a situation. So you're like, okay, so the situation's understood. So then why are you doing... That makes no sense whatsoever. And all these crazy things happen, but Pitt always comes out unscathed. And it's just a bit like, oh, come on. You can't just keep on doing that. Because that's just crazy. You know, and, and these things happen and just like that's just a deuce machina, right? You you painted yourself into a corner, so then you created this thing to get out of that situation. Which is just a bit like oh, really, come on, don't do that to us, man. But I, I think a thing that happened early that just hurt my ability to invest in the film was they're in space. They're on the space. It's weird because you think it's a space station, right? And they're talking about these surges and everything like that. A surge happens, which then throws people off. And so we see Pit fall. Then you realise, oh, it's not a space... It's kind of like a rig that starts on the ground, starts on the Earth, and goes all the way up into space. Right? So he's falling down. And this isn't a spoiler. Because this happens straight away. And he falls down in his spacesuit. Then he pulls a parachute and lands... But, see, the the issue that I had with it was, surely you're going to burn up in the re-entry to the Earth's atmosphere. That, because, yeah, you have to enter the atmosphere at a certain angle. We know this. This is a, this is fact. But he's falling. And he doesn't burn up. And as soon as that happened, I'm just like, 
Ah, god damn it. I'm out. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't believe anything now. Which is ironic because I'm watching a sci-fi film. I'm watching a sci-fi film and I don't believe this thing that's happened at the very beginning. And that's a bit, that was a big issue. But, yeah, it looks stunning. It looks stunning. And the way they use music within the film, I enjoyed it. I liked it. That worked for me. It, it, it helped with the atmosphere. We could have done without the narration, though. There's all, there's like, Pit narrates. There's all this narration from Pitt that just feels very unnecessary. Because it's just like, okay, if you have to tell us what's going on, then this can't be a great film. (laughs) Because, yeah, we should just be able to get it. Right? We should just be able to watch this and get it. But you're you're telling us all the time. So what's up with that? And then we had all the close-ups on Pit. Just so many close-ups. And it's just like, okay, okay, enough. Yeah, we realise he used to be a model. He's not an ugly man. We get it. But we don't have to see all these close-ups. Stop with the close-ups, people. Stop with the close-ups. So yeah, I don't know. It, it just was a very, it was a very pretty, but it it felt very unsatisfying. It felt very unsatisfying. Um. Now, I would say. That you're like, if you're a fan, this is it. I feel if you're a fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, kind of feel that this is your film. They 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 have a lot of the same elements in. Now, yes, they're completely different films. One set in ye old Hollywood, the others in space. So yeah. They're not the same type of film, obviously. But they do have the same elements in them. So I'm kind of thinking, if you like that, you'd like this. If you like Gravity, I think you would like this. You know? So, yeah, I think they are your big ones. If you like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if you like Gravity. And Gravity was a space film. So, you know, yeah. There you go. But if you're a fan of that, I think you will like this. It's it's 12A over here, PG-13 in America. I think that's right. I think PG-13 is a 12A. Um, but yeah, Ad Astra, the, um, yeah, the James Gray film starring Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones... Um, Ruth Neger, Liv Tyler, and Donald Sutherland. There you go, people. 
Okay, so now we're done with our Destra. So let's get into our festival films, starting with Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay, people, so I've just seen the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, this is a film from Mike Schwartz and Tyler Nielsen. They both wrote and directed it. Um, it's produced by Albert Berger, Ron Yerzar, Christopher Lemol, Tim Zagoras, Lige Saki, and David Fees. It's starring Shayla Booth, Dakota Johnson, Zach Gutzajun. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, Nick Foley, Yellow Wolf, John Berthenall, Bruce Dern, um, John Hawks, and Thomas Hayden Church. The, uh, the, the gist of the film is this. Zach, uh, a restless 22-year-old with Down Syndrome is frustrated by the slow pace of life at the nursing home in which he resides. Itching for some excitement, he dreams of becoming a pro wrestler, obviously re-watching a worn-out VHS tape of his favourite lycra-clad hero, the saltwater redneck. Hatching a plan to meet his idol, Zack makes a break from his geriatric prison with his worried carer, Eleanor, in hot pursuit. Meanwhile, struggling fisherman, Tyler, is on a mission of his own to escape the clutches of a pair of angry crabbers after unwisingly messing with their traps. As fate brings these two accidental fugitives together, so begins the start of an epic journey and a profound friendship that will change both of their lives forever. The first feature from writer-directors Mike Schwartz and Tyler Nielsen brims with an infectious sense of adventure impossible not to be swept up in. The ever-impressive LaBeouf and Johnson shine throughout, but this is Gutzajun's film, having previously appeared on screen in the acclaimed documentary Becoming Bulletproof. His acting debut is nothing short of a revelation, guaranteed to stir the heart of even the most steadfast cynic. So yeah, that's the um, that's the information on the BFI website. Uh, so um, you know you're aware Shayla Booth is playing um, Tyler, and Dakota Johnson is playing Eleanor, and Zach Gutzenjun is playing uh. Zach. So, 
the film starts and we're, we're kind of given an introduction to both Tyler and Zach. So, you know what I mean? Um, I believe it started with Zach. So, we, we just see him in a nursing home. Uh, and so, you're just like, oh, okay. And it kind of sets up his restlessness. So we get that straight away. Okay, we understand. Like, you don't necessarily need a huge explanation to um, to, to realise he shouldn't be in a nursing home. You know? But it is one of these things that you see. You know? Um, unfortunately, yeah. Like... Uh, uh, People with disabilities are, are placed in um, nursing homes sometimes, even if they're young, you know. So, yeah, you can imagine it's not the best place for him. Then we jump to Tyler and his situation, which is a, a lot more vague. And so we, we, we're kind of having both of these different stories and then they intersect i mean i don't think you need to kind of read the bio to see that these two paths were going to cross it it is it, pretty obvious you know what i mean um we we get all of that um like, I like the the visual tone of the film. That's I that I like that. That was done. You know, I I think a lot of the camera work is done well. There are some shots that you know aren't maybe the best angle for something or approach into something but you know that's kind of by the by it's not a big issue here I think um I think one of the biggest I guess it would be my kind of um issues with the film are it's pretty one-dimensional, you know? Like, um, I mean, just in the write-up, it's, it, it, you know, it says that LaBeouf and Johnson shine throughout, but this is Goods and Goods film. You know, um, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, and the film is um, brims with an infectious sense of adventure, impossible not to be swept up in. But see, the, I think the the things with this are right. So this sense of adventure, like you're just a bit like, well, it, it's it's not really an adv like the whole adventure part. Like this whole, yeah, they're best, they become best of friends and they shape each other's life. You're just a bit like, what? 
Because the way it all kind of seems as if um, Zack is a bit of a beast of burden to Tyler. And he he's bringing him along just because. You know what I mean? Because it's just, he feels a bit guilty. So he brings him along. Now, as the film goes on, it's it's shown that they are um, closer, but we're never really like. There's one point. There's just one point in the film, and Zach says to Tyler, "I'd give you all my birthday wishes." You know, what I mean? and Tyler starts crying, and that's that. But other than that, other than that, you like there's we're not really shown how this becomes a an actual friendship. Do you mean it's just kind of a by the by? Oh, now we're friends. You know what I mean? Because it starts off in one place, then suddenly you're you're you know what I mean at the end. And it's like, where was the journey to this? Because it wasn't right there, you know? So we're kind of, that gets all meshed up together. And it's like, fine, fine, whatever. But there's no real depth to it. So that's my big thing. There's no real depth to this relationship you know there's no real sharing of information now occasionally that goes i'm down syndrome and it's just like okay fine like we get that we we know very this is not uh it's not a subtle thing you know what i mean you understand and I don't know, because this is the thing, right? I've worked a lot in, uh, you know, the not-for-profit sector, the third sector, the charity sector. And I've worked a lot with people with Down Syndrome. They don't all go around saying, I've got Down Syndrome. So there's that. There's that. So, I, you know, it, it just seems a bit... The film's very on the nose it's very obvious so we like there's so we have this thing going on then you've got the whole eleanor situation which just i mean there's a lot going on with that like <laughs> see i'm i don't want to give anything away but we have her on a on a hunt, let's say. So firstly, like she knows that what she's doing, she shouldn't really be doing. Now, I mean, and when I say that, yes, there's no issue about her doing it, but she understands there's a procedure, and some and like her boss is being shady. Right? She's a volunteer. 
So, like, what's the re? Like, tell us, give us a reason why she doesn't do a certain thing. That's what I would like to know. Why didn't she do this, the the thing? Firstly, that's one thing. Then I guess the rest of the situation, like, you know exactly what's going to happen. You, 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 it, it's, ah, uh, you don't need signposts to see where her journey is intertwining with, you know, the obvious, let's say. Like that, and so that, because there is nothing in the film, there is nothing that we actually see that would lead her to that place, right? That's my big issue. There's nothing that actually leads her there. We do not see anything that would make her go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna... Mm, definitely. Don't see it. We then have... Um, I guess the whole the whole wrestling thing... Look, it's fine. That's fine. And, like, you, you can predict all of that bit as well. Look, you know what's going to happen. And then you know that... A few minutes later, it's then going to go in another way. You know that. You understand that. We, like, okay, I'm not going to, um, yeah, because I, I, look, I don't want to get into any spoilers. The end, the end is very frustrating, again, because it's just like, how do we get there? Like, why do we get there? Because... You know, to show it the way they showed it, it's all fine. It's all fine. But you're really playing to the, you know, common denominator. It's low-hanging fruit here. This is like a, a, a made-for-TV Sunday matinee feel-good film. That's, that is the vibe that we are getting here. There's no real depth. You know what I mean? I could probably dive into a puddle more than I can dive into this film. That's the amount of depth we are dealing with here. You know, and, yeah, like, the acting isn't terrible. But as I said, look, it's all very one-dimensional. Like the film goes, oh, it's Gutzen get good. Oh gosh, I cannot pronounce the guy's name. I apologize, Zach. But it's uh, guts gutsagens. Zach gutsagens. It says it's his film. But look, hey, not trying to be. Look, I'm not being an arsehole. I'm not being a dick. But. He's not the best of actors. Now, this is his first feature film, so mad props. Look, hey, ain't taking shit away from the dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's made a film. That's huge. Yeah, he's got to give props, got to give respect. But, 
to say he is incredible in this film, look, you're doing a disservice. And I think that's one thing that this film just seems to be doing. It's just like, oh, look at this. Oh, everyone. Oh, clap. Oh, isn't it nice? That's what, that's the vibe. That's the vibe. And it, look, there's everyone in the screening. Everyone in the screening, right? All the other journalists and shit, they they were loving it. They were loving it. But that's what this film is meant to do. It's meant, you aren't meant to criticise. You aren't meant to actually go, "Ah." but what's it really saying? What's it, like, you're you're not meant to call out the faults because it's got a guy with Down syndrome in it. And I, you know, I just think, hey, come on, we've got to be honest here. We've got to actually critique this like we would critique any other film now you you want to make a film about a guy that is is kind of on the you know the, the the border of society he's not fully embraced he's trying to find his place now i would point to a film like the station agent as being a better representation of that film. Like this is very light. This is very play it safe. And yeah, it just feels a bit of a disservice. It, it, you know what I mean? It just feels a bit of a disservice. It's a film trying to be worthy. That's the way it kind of played for me. Now listen, as I said, everyone in the in in the room, they there was a lot of cheers and and, and just clapping at the end. But you know, this is my interpretation of the film. So hey, just my thoughts, baby. Just my thoughts. You know what I mean? But um yeah, it's so it's uh, ninety three minutes, so it's not a long film, um, which you know it, it, it is all fine. I would look. There's one thing I want. I do think that should be addressed because okay, so there, there's the bit in the write up um, where it's kind of saying that. Uh, yeah, like, Tyler, it, like, Tyler is on a mission of his own to escape the clutches of a pair of angry crabbers after unwisely messing with their traps. That's never really explained, because he, like, everything that happened with Tyler, he kind of brought on himself. Now, we get a lot of flashbacks with him, okay? So we we understand that there's been loss in his life. There's anger in his life. There's, I, I, I think, loathing, self-loathing in his life. But we don't, 
it's not really explained why he is you know doing all these self-destructive things because doesn't need to do them doesn't need to do them like you could have him go on the same journey without like this so why is that there that that's the thing i think that all should be explained but it really isn't but yeah it is what it is people it is what it is now this might be for you hey that's awesome do you know what i mean but um hey here's my review um there is a trailer on the bfi website so you can look at that um if you do want to see the film it is showing Friday the 4th of October at 2.45 at the Embankment Garden Cinema. It's a lovely cinema, people. So, yeah, definitely check it out if you can. If you can't make the Friday, don't worry. It's showing again on Friday the 11th of October at 10 past 4. This time at the BFI South Bank NFT Free. So, you've got two options to see this film okay um some other information for you all screenings are accessible screenings for customers who are um deaf hard of hearing um the film has english language subtitles including descriptions of non-dialogue audio so um yeah so that's really helpful. Okay. So yeah, that's Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay, people, I am just out of the screening of The King and oh my days. Oh my days. It's all I can say right now, people. Obviously, it's not all I can say. Otherwise, I wouldn't be recording this. It'd be a pretty bad review if I just sat here in silence for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, so yes, I have plenty to say. I'm just being um, dramatic, as it were. But, okay, The King is directed by David McCod. Um, it was produced by um, McCod, Joel Edrington, Brad Pitt, Dede Gardner, Jeremy Cleaner, and Liz Watts. Uh, the screenplay is by McCod and Edrington. Um, it is starring Timothy Chalamot, Joel Edrington, Sean Harris, Robert Patterson, Lily Rose Depp, and Ben Maddelson. Um, now, this is, I, I would say, um, this is what, this is what last year's Outlaw King should have been. This is what I was hoping from that movie. And the ironic thing is, the Outlaw King and this, The King, they are both through um, Netflix. Which is, um, yeah, 
interesting. Um, the, we, we, something of this scale, something of this, because ne- you know, let's be honest, Netflix films had been reviled up until things such as Bird Box started to come, and this is another another indication of the quality that is coming. Um, so. The gist of this is this. Um, the startling transformation undertaken by Howe in Shakespeare's Henriad series from the fun-loving prince into the all-powerful monarch is one of literature's most acute character studies. Here, David McCoy, um, you know, known for Animal Kingdom, The Rover, etc., and co-screenwriter and star Joel Edrington, adapt those texts to explore how a reluctant monarch took the crown and found himself embroiled in the very same wars he despised his father for. It finds Chalamont displaying his range and versatility and the perfectly ca- and it, he perfectly captures both the charm and recklessness of the youthful prince and the steely authoritarianism of the king in the making. Edrington, so gifted and versatile an actor as he is a writer, makes a particularly soulful, tragic, heroic John Falstaff. Bloody, potent, rousing, this is a full-blooded adaptation of Shakespeare's text. With David McCoy again collaborating with cinematographer Adam Arkapoor who is as much at home photographing the intimacy of a rare trusted confidence in a royal court of vipers as he is depicting the awesome scale of a bruising grand battle. Supporting cast are excellent all around, not least Lily Rose Depp as Catherine, future Queen of England, Ben Medelston as Henry the... Um, Henry IV and Robert Patterson as a particularly spicy Dauphin heir to the French phone. French throne, not phone. I don't believe they were invented yet. Um, look, as I said, this film is, is what I was hoping from Outlaw King. This film... It had a a gravitas to it, like there there was just this sense of grandeur. Yo, it just oozed presence, just oozed presence. It it really had this this feel to it. It was just perfectly rendered, like just in the tone in which we saw. The you know the lighting, the the sets, the just the um the the clothing, the makeup, all of that. Everyone looked like they fit within that time frame. You know, like they could have been plucked from that time frame. It was. Man, it was it was just given the proper respect, you know. We we really got that understanding. We really got that, and 
the, I have to say, look, the cinematography. So, um, yeah, Akapur just the way he captured everything from like the opening battle to then the 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 feast that sparked a lot of the intrigue that we then faced to the sop houses to then the vistas of fields to capturing the rain the sodden ground everything everything oozed life it just oozed integrity and it just made this film just that that special thing that it was you know the the score was fantastic um nicholas brittel um yeah he handled the music and it fit perfectly it wasn't quite gregorian chant but it was very rousing it was very fitting it it accompanied everything perfectly and you're just mesmerized you're just caught up in the moment you you you're feeling what they want you to feel for that scene we're feeling invigorated we're feeling distraught we're feeling the fear of battle you know the uncertainty of a decision all of that is brought to life and it's magnificent what this film also does i mean hey it might not do it for you but this film fills me with so much joy for the incoming June because Chalamont was he was so fantastic as Henry as how I don't know how how is an abbreviation of Henry I I, I might be coming off dumb here but H-A-L H-E-N-R-Y how is how an abbreviation of Henry I don't understand that it's very um it's very strange um, but yes, anyway, he the way Chalamont played that character from the very subdued to the very of a fortereric, a fortereric, um, you know what I'm saying, people, but it, he, he showed that so see, like the the. the anticipation of seeing him play um Paul Atreides is just palpable you know I'm very much looking forward to that but yeah no this film uh you know listen I'm gonna say one word to you Agincourt now that is a period of history it's a story that I have always enjoyed always it's just a fantastic story so when i understood that that's what we would be seeing uh, it did excite it did excite and we are not let down it is it was just ah uh, 
It was magnificent. The battle was tremendous. And I remember the last season of Game of Thrones. And uh, the big talk was to show the, um, the claustrophobia of a battle. To show how, you know, it, it, it can be just so visceral. I've, I've, I feel this did that in waves this really brought home the craziness of it all you know the, the, when, when we see john just like carried by the the mass of bodies it, it, it was just nerve-wracking and I, I i think yeah you you just have that sense of fear and foreboding like oh how can this go well you know it, it, it's like at the, towards the beginning of the film we see a duel and i i just feel the way they they showed the duel was was just it was it was perfect because a, a lot of the times we see it's it's like a ballet dance they like to show these fights as this majestic thing but look you're using broadswords not rapiers these aren't musketeers you know these were huge swings this was this was bloody this was messy this was just ugly and that's what we see you know I mean, there's there's not any finesse it it's it's a scrap you know, you're you're fighting for your lives and the way the, the, the way they showed it, it the, the clumsiness the the just the, the adrenaline jump and it did seem there was a little jujitsu up in that <laughs> medieval jiu-jitsu who'd have thought right uh, but it, yeah it was perfectly captured perfectly and it let you understand what was at stake what was at stake and what these people are prepared to do to protect you know to, to, to stand up for a cause and, and it really set the tone. It set the tone and let you understand that what we were about to see is something true. It's not a fantasy. You know, this, this, this wasn't just some powdered, uh, this, this powdered depiction. You know, something that was prettified for television. You know, no. This was going to be blood, guts, and rawness. And it was done. Now, the, the, the script, the writing, the dialogue. Ah, there was just this subtlety to it. You know? And so then when there was an eruption, it felt even more pronounced. You know, it was a calmness in delivery. You know, the, 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 the dialects that we heard, the voices, the, you know, the, just the different cadences. It all worked in bringing this to life. And 
to kind of show you know this isn't some grandstanding this is the prelude to war this was the intrigue of the court yeah this i can't speak highly enough of this film people you definitely need to see it and the end the i mean just the scenes leading up to the end were great but the end bit itself just gives you chills it gives you chills people so listen now you will be able to um have uh, the opportunities of seeing this so it will be playing tomorrow Friday the 4th of October at 11.30 and that's at the Embankment Garden Cinema you will also be able to see it on Sunday the 6th of October at 12.45 at the Prince Charles Cinema it is an 18 um, so be aware of that also people um, the screening on the 4th of October is an accessible screening um so the film has english subtitles and it will include um a non-dialogue audio track so yes if if you have difficulties with hearing if you have difficulties with vision that could be a good screening for you it is during the day so there is that but just be aware that this is an option okay so again this is the king from um writer and director david mccoy along with joel edrington and it's starring timothy chalamont joel edrington sean harris robert patterson lily rose depp and ben mendelson all of those actors and actresses gave tremendous performances people now it's 134 minutes you don't notice it you really don't notice it you're just in you're entranced all the way through the film is so fascinating and it moves at the perfect pace so yeah now listen i believe it will be coming to netflix on the 1st of november but it, I, I, I will say this, if you do get an opportunity to see this before ne- it gets to Netflix, I would definitely do so because it is a film that you will benefit from seeing it on a large screen just for the visuals and also for the sound because it's tremendous and it all works in unison so if you can do that if you can't like i've got peoples with kids who can't get to the cinema look you you'll still enjoy it on netflix but you will get the most out of it seeing it on a big screen so do that now check all this information is going to be in the episode details so check there for the times of the next screenings okay but yeah people this film is magnificent
Okay, people, so that's it for another episode, another day of festival films. Um, yeah, two festival films, it's not too bad, um, plus a little something extra. So, tomorrow, I believe, um, we got three, maybe four, three, maybe four films. I just need to double check, but remember to check the episode details for links and dates. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, we're done, we're out, but we'll be back Friday the 4th for more festival films. Catch you then. Peace.